I was going to try to make it through crying, but I promise I won't. So let's just get that out there right in the open. Um, as I was praying about these seniors, this is the verse that I felt like the Lord was giving me for them. So Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid nor be discouraged. I love these kids. That's why I'm crying. Um, It's been incredible to get to be a part of their lives. Um, Even if it's been for a few short weeks or, you know, the two years that we've been here. um, These kids are world changers and they may not know it yet, but they are. So I'm going to try to stop crying. Here we go. Um, we just finished a series called um, Celebration of Discipline, and we walked through um, all the spiritual disciplines and how we can practice them. And, you know, it seems kind of boring, but it was actually pretty cool. (laughs) Um, And so for these seniors, we got them this book, and we wrote you a little note inside. And we just want you to know that um, we're always here for you. As a church and as leaders, you know, we're throughout here, but... um, Like the verse says, do not be afraid nor discouraged because the Lord has already gone where you're going and he'll be with you when you get there. So here's our books. I'm going to pass the mic. I'm glad she didn't drop the mic because that was awesome. Um, So I was told right when I got in that I'd be saying a couple things. So this is pure improv, pure love. Um, I've known a good number of these kiddos for a little longer than Jen and Elliot. Um, Sydney specifically, I've known for about 10 years. Fun story, she was my first babysitting experience and the cops did come. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. Um, It wasn't us, I swear. Um, No, but I've been a youth group leader for a while. Um, And every group that I've been a part of are all just a little bit different. And this one was specifically a unique experience because what you see is the majority of our youth group, um, we had a couple other kiddos in high school, they're a little younger, but all year we had this. And they're all seniors and they're all becoming adults and some of them are moving away and, and everyone's going to college and school and everyone's freaking out about the future and they don't know what and then their identities and everything. And so it was really fun um, and challenging, I think, for us leaders to be able to confide with them and be in this specific journey with them. And we really could pour out that energy and that wisdom and and passages and God and disciplines and things like that with them and hopefully, hopefully... We are helping them out just a little bit. But absolutely, like what Jen says, you guys are world changers. You guys are earth shakers. And you guys are going to go out and do amazing things. And we truly do believe in every single one of you. Um, the maj- you guys have surprised me specifically all throughout. There's a couple of kiddos who came on their own, which as a senior in high school, I would never have done because I'm a little shy. Um, but Nikki, for example, she's been with us for a few short weeks, a month or so, and she just showed up, and we're like, hey, who's this kid? Oh, what's up? <laughs> and it's been awesome. She's awesome. Um, you know, Colton came um, the senior year a little bit into it, and he's been awesome. Um, some of these people, Lauren as well. Um, and then there's, like I said, there's been a couple of these kids who've been here since they were little. Danny is another one that I've known since he was like eight it's been, he's, I've always been a huge fan. Just ask Mary when it comes to Danny. So, um, but yeah, we're, we will constantly be in prayer for you guys and just know that we, we absolutely believe in you. And if you, when, when you want to celebrate, we want to be there for you. When you want to mourn, we want to be there for you. Know that this is not the end, not for us as a leader. You're always going to be our kids. Um, even when you're adults, you're still going to be my kid. And, uh, no, just know that we love you guys so much, and we are so excited to see where the Lord takes you. Awesome, yeah. Um, Gosh, it's been crazy that it's already been a couple years for Jen and I being here um, and just helping out with the youth and kind of taking that over. But it's been kind of like a cool chain effect of, like, when we first started youth group, it was – just a couple kids, and 
um, then all these little faith joker kids just all combined and they have their own little crew and and people kind of you know trickled in from there and we got Nikki and Lauren and um, Danny's been with us the whole time and um, it's just been it's been really fun to see these guys grow um, and obviously as you saw this morning like half the group is on stage we got people running lights we got people that you do, you know they're behind the scenes doing setup and tear down stuff and like just servants like you don't see that often of these like seniors willing to help like every time I text them and ask them they're just so excited to come and to worship and to help not only with this but they they're helping in junior high ministry um they're leaders there like it's such a cool thing um and hopefully you know that that was like shown this morning I really wanted to highlight that of like man we have some talented kids um they're gonna do great things and um it just it just starts here so um yeah, some really fun experiences. I think, like, the very first powder burn that we ever had when Jen and I took over, we got some of these guys to come. It was their very first time hanging out with the group, and, um, gosh, it was such a blast. Um, just all the funny experiences that we had, um, time of prayer. Like, we did this one night where we, like, all sat in a circle. Like, half these people had never, I mean, they've talked to each other, but never really talked to me or anything. Like, they don't know anything about us or the leaders or some of the other kids, but... We had this time where we broke off into a big group and um, like shared uh, affirmations about each other. So there's like one or two affirmations for each person. Well, it ended up being like five or six for each person and took like two hours for people to like stop talking about each other. So it was really cool and it was only two days hanging out together. So that is awesome because not many kids would have that much joy, have that much affirmation for other people. And it's just, it's so cool to see. Um, so we're really proud of you guys. We love you so much. Um, and, you know, hopefully uh, it's just cool to see the relationships that you built together, um, not only in this group, but outside of that. And just remember to always keep strong with those and, and always have tight relationships like that and to stay in touch. And uh, it's just a cool thing to see. So um, what we would like to do this morning is um, especially have our leaders come up front and we'd love to just pray for these guys um, just because we know of what's ahead it's there's just so many questions it's such a tough place in life where uh, you don't know where you're going and you know there's um, you know you've picked a place hopefully to go to school but and you're going to be studying something but there's just so many decisions ahead so um, yeah we'd love to do that have the leaders and I would say I would love to have, if there's any parents or any family here, if you could come to the front too, which that could be most of the group, but I don't really care. So let's have all of them come up, and let's have, you guys can come up a little bit, and then let's place hands on them, and then, perfect. Okay, and I would say if we're in the congregation, let's let's all stand and let's let's uh, outreach a hand to these guys, and uh, we'll pray for them this morning. Jesus, we just thank you for this group um, of seniors, and uh, we just thank you for their hearts, their passions, and and the joy that they bring to not only this church but to their communities. God, I just I pray that. Um, you just continue to to speak to them and to guide them, Jesus, and that um, wherever you take them, God, that uh, they would be a light and that they would uh, continue to show these, these leadership qualities that they have, the, um, the abilities that you've given them, God, that I just pray that you would uh, allow them to, to use those gifts and uh, that they would be bold and they would be brave and, and know that... Um, they could stand firm and steadfast in you, Jesus. We just uh, we pray for the communities that are going to be around them, um, whether they stay or go. God, I just pray that you would place people in their lives that they could um, commit to, that they could talk to, um, they could fellowship with, and that they would just be positive relationships that would uh, help them grow and help them become um, the people that you would have them be. And... Uh, 
yeah, we just thank you again for this group, for their passions, God. And um, thank you for the love and, and mercy that you have for all of us and for the amazing things that you've done in this group and that you would continue to do in their lives outside of this place, Jesus. In your name, amen. Let's give the seniors a hand this morning. All right. Hey, seniors, couple, one thing I want to tell you, it's the thing I tell seniors every year. Um, wherever you go, find a church. Find a church immediately. Um, find a, don't just go to it. Don't just sit in the back, um, but get involved. Find a way to get involved. Volunteer with the junior high group. Do something. Find a church. Um, it'll, it'll make all the difference. Um, and we have some other graduates in the room. Just We have uh, Matt here graduated from Colorado School of Mines. Um, yeah, well done. <clears throat> you have to be somewhat of a smart person to do that. Um, so well done, Matt. Um, Andrea Grace graduated, master's degree. Uh, Randy McNeil, who's not here, got his master's. I was actually going to make him wear a uh, cap and gown because he didn't go to his graduation. So we thought we could parade him around <laughs> a little bit. So a uh, couple of uh, quick announcements. Uh, welcome to Restoration. If you're new, my name is Ryan. Uh, you just saw Jen and Elliot up here as well with uh, Devin. And we've just got, there's a lot happening um, in May, as you know. Um, you probably get that. But um, there's a pub chat next week for the fellas. Um, the, the Rancho team is meeting today to finalize some details. They're heading to Mexico. And, and as a church, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of rally around our Mexico team and send them with swimsuits. We're going to send them with swimsuits because the kids at the orphanage need swimsuits. So uh, can you help us the next two weeks? Um, if you're at uh, you know, a place that sells swimsuits, uh, throw a few kids' swimsuits in your cart uh, bring them here. We're going to collect them and take them down to the orphanage. We're hoping to outfit the orphanage with swimsuits, girls and boys. Um, yeah, help us out. So, um, and then a couple of things. One thing you need to know is we actually have a church app now. So not, not to be uh, trying to be cool or anything, but this is just a great way to connect with our church. And so you can, if you have a smartphone, it's called My Church App. You download it and then you search for our church. And uh, then you can just have everything at your fingertips if you need to. So whether it's prayer requests or listening to a sermon, I don't know why you would want to do that. Um, I have a cold. I am so hopped up on medication right now. It's going to be an adventure today. So I hope you guys are down with that. Will you do me a favor? Will you stand up, say hi to someone next to you, and we'll get, get the show on the road? Start us off with an embarrassing story about my family, but I've been refraining from doing that now for a while. I seriously, no, no, you need to understand. No, 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 I don't even have one. I'm just choosing not to bring one to you. Um, here's the thing: if you're new, uh, we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit. Last but not least, because it tends to be the person that we talk about the least. We, uh, we don't understand sometimes who the Holy Spirit is. And so I want to pray, and we're going to jump into this, and I'm excited. And uh, I have an, a, a, probably a very unfortunate illustration that I'll show you later. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for what you're doing, what you're saying. Um, thank you for uh, the ways you're moving God, I just pray that this morning we would understand what it looks like to open ourselves more to you. To understand that you want to do things in and through us if we would just allow. And so, God, we, we come with that expectation. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Now, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit and there's this idea of expectation. There's this idea of expectation um, about the unexplainable things um, that can happen to us and through us. And uh, the first week we started talking about this, we were asking two questions. The first one was, what is going on in your life okay, that only God can be the explanation of? What is going on in your life that only God can be the explanation of? What is going on in our church that only God can be the explanation of? 
Now, I mean, it's, listen, to gather people, to um, get some logos and throw some signs out, that's, that's not that hard to do. But what is happening in our midst? What is happening in our, our, our relationships with each other? What's happening in our neighborhoods, in our lives because uh, of what God is doing? Um, that's, those are the questions we want to ask. And, and I ended that, that message, that first message, talking about how, uh, basically saying this, I don't know about you, but I don't have time, any more time in my life for things that I can explain, for things that are just uh, explainable. If I'm going to carve time out of my life, I want to carve time out of my life for things that mean something, that, that pull me into something bigger. That's what I want to be about. That's what I want to be a part of. And so if we only had the Bible to inform us of who the Holy Spirit is, we don't have church tradition, we don't have uh, uh, certain church services, if we only have the Bible to tell us who the Holy Spirit is, what would the Bible say? What would Scripture say about who the Holy Spirit is? And last week we talked about the in-between of Genesis 1 and 2 and the end of Revelation and how there's this in-between time. And at the beginning of Scripture and at the end of Scripture, it talks about God wanting to dwell with his people, God wanting to dwell with us and have this close, uh, connected relationship with us. And, and now, because of sin and, and we're kind of in, the, in between, um, there's, there's this disjointed reality. And we talked about this idea of the tabernacle and the temple, and this was going to be the place that God would dwell with his people. And we talked about exile and what that means and how ultimately the biggest deal wasn't that Jerusalem collapsed and it wasn't that the, the smartest and the brightest were carried off to foreign lands. It was that God left his people, that that was a brutal reality. And we talk about the new temple and the new covenant and how God wants through the prophets, the prophets promising that God wants to have a new relationship with his people and that there will be this new temple and this new covenant with his people. And then Jesus shows up and says, I'm going to send you another, just like me, to be with you and live in you. And it's not another companion like I am to you walking around with you, but this person, this, not a thing, not, a, not an it, but a person would live in you and work through you, dwell in you and live in you forever, tabernacle with you. Well, today we're going to step into some maybe controversial waters. Um, I think in some circles, the, the talk of the Holy Spirit uh, makes some people kind of freak out a little bit, uh, makes people think it's like a whole bunch of emotion and uh, makes some people uncomfortable or fearful. Um, if you're new to church, you are probably already at that spot. Um, but there's two different things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's talked about in Scripture and filling of the Holy Spirit. And the, the good, well-meaning followers of Jesus can disagree on this. And that's okay. I mean, that's totally okay. This isn't something that if we disagree on it, we can't stop hanging out with each other or going to church together. That's just not one of those hills we die on here. But we're going to talk about uh, this idea of what this all looks like. And so it's going to be about 10 minutes of some real thick stuff. And I apologize for it, but hopefully at the end it's going to be a little soupier. That's probably a gross way to say it. But... If you have a Bible, we're going to start in Luke chapter 3, um, John the Baptist. Um, so hang tight. Um, we, we're so glad you're here. Um, there's going to be some verses on the screen, but if you need a Bible, we'd love to let you use one of ours in the lobby. So, so here we got John the Baptist is announcing the coming of Jesus. He is out in the wilderness. He's a weird dude. Um, he's totally by himself, and he's doing this announcing of the Holy Spirit, and the people we're, we're kind of like, who is this guy, right? And so in Luke chapter 3, verse 15, it says, the people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John, John the Baptist, might, be, might possibly, possibly be the Messiah. See, they thought he might be the one, the promised one, uh, the one that was to come. And John answers them in, in 16. He says, I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I will come. And he, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to 
untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that word fire, it's a very Old Testament reference um, that John's talking about something way bigger than what he's doing. He's being a part of something. He's doing something the Jewish people were really used to, this idea of baptism um, as a spiritual cleansing um, that they would do, especially out in the wilderness. A group of, of, of Jews called the Essenes would do this regularly, in fact, daily. So they were familiar with this idea of baptism. And John says, hey, there's a, there's a guy coming, and he's going to do something totally different. In fact, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which had to be something totally uh, crazy for them to hear because that was prophet talk. That was the talk of Joel. That was the talk of Ezekiel. Those are, those are different words they're hearing they haven't heard in a while. And so this whole idea of baptism is an act of repentance. This idea of being prepared for the coming of this Messiah was something they were fired up about. And then you fast forward to Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, and it goes like this. It says, on one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the, for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So here's Jesus saying the same thing. Pretty soon, you know, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Remember John, he baptized you with water, and this is just three or four years down the road, okay? And so last week we talked about this prophet Joel who had promised the Holy Spirit, and it talked about how no matter your gender, no matter your age, no matter your economic status, that the Spirit of God would come on anyone. The potential of the Spirit coming on anyone was there. That if you re receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. And then all of this is building this expectation. All of this is building this, this, this excitement for what is to come which happens in Acts chapter 2. And we talked about this last week. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, the day of Pentecost is actually a Jewish holiday. As we talked about last week, it's actually the word Greek word for 50. Um, and it's 50 days after, okay, 50 days after um, the uh, festival of first fruits, okay? And so they were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Um, so you can see that, that Luke, is try he's, he's interviewed people, and they're saying, well, it sounded kind of like this. You know, like when tornadoes come in, and people are like, well, it sounded like a freight train. Everybody says that. Everybody says it sounds like a freight train. So um, I guess freight trains sound like tornadoes, too. So I guess you could use it either way. Uh, but, but this sound like a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So they began to speak in these other languages of the people that were gathered in Jerusalem for the Pentecost festival. And so people began to hear, okay, their language, the gospel being spoken in their language. And this was just a wild experience. And this beautiful picture of fulfillment. Now, what makes this kind of controversial is that there are some that believe that there are two experiences that you can happen, uh, that you can have as a believer. Meaning, part one is you uh, invite Jesus into your life, and um, then there's a part two. And the part two is then you get the Holy Spirit in some other event in your life. Um, our opinion, my opinion, it might be, not be our opinion, but my opinion, is that there is not a two-stage thing happening in Scripture. That when you receive Jesus into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit. And as you go in your life, um, as you go, as you continue to follow God and follow the teachings of Jesus and you follow the Spirit, you are more and more full of the Spirit. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this because Paul suggests that, that you can't accept Jesus without the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the one who draws us to Jesus. He's the one that prepares our hearts for Jesus. He's the one that, that lures us into who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit does that. So how can you accept Jesus without the Holy Spirit? You can't. 
You can't accept one and reject the other. You can't accept one and then wait for the other. And so in, in 1 Corinthians 12, um, remember, we're in the thick part here. So hang with me. You're all just like, when are the donuts coming? This is. Do you guys need a caffeine break? Or uh, are we ready for this? Are we all ready? Okay, here we go. Oh, thank you. 1 Corinthians 12, it says this, For we were all baptized by one spirit. And, and notice how it's past tense. We were all, we were all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given uh, the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. So this idea that the status thing and the gender thing, we were all um, given the spirit. Um, he's talking to believers in the town of Corinth. One spirit, one body. No one can come to Jesus without receiving the Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to do is, is we're going to jump into this last part is in the book of Ephesians. And we're going to land in Ephesians chapter 5, but we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 1. Don't worry, we're not going to go through the whole thing. Um, but just give us an idea of what Paul is trying to say here when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because I think it's really important. And I promise you, I really, actually, I pray that it makes sense in the end. All right. Ephesians chapter 1, it says, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And that's something that happens now, okay? That's happening now, right now. You, are, you have a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption, and that's the not yet part, of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So there's this idea that there's a now and there's a not yet. There's what's happening now in your life, and then there's something to come. And Paul argues that they've already received that now. And he goes on to command them to be filled with the Spirit. We're about to look at this. And that being filled with the Spirit is different than being baptized by the Spirit, which happens at our conversion. And so when you accept Jesus in your life, the Spirit enters your life. And, and that there's something else that's going to happen. There's gonna be, you're going to be filled with the Spirit as you do life with Jesus. What? Hang with me. Ephesians chapter 5, this is the fun part. This is where we camp. First part, seniors, listen to this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Dang it. <laughs> Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, in the teachings of Scripture, in the New Testament especially, what we have are indicatives and imperatives, okay? This is the part where hopefully this makes sense, okay? This is grammar time, okay? So indicatives and imperatives. Indicatives, okay, indicatives are uh, things that are happen have happened to us, okay? Things that indicate things about us. And so um, let me give you an example. When um, John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of God is near, the indicative is the kingdom of God is near. Okay, that's the, it's indicating something that's in reality. An imperative is ways we are called to respond to the things that have happened to us. They're commands, okay? And so in that same line that John says, repent for the kingdom of God is here, the imperative is repent. That's the command. Repent. For the kingdom of God is here. So there are two imperatives in this. First one is, if we could put Ephesians 5, 18 back up. The first is, what? Do not get drunk on wine. Okay, imperative one. Okay, which we'll get to in a second. The second one is be filled with the spirit. Two imperatives right there. Now, after that, there's five, uh, nerd out here, five present 
participles. And these are all things that happen to us as a result of being filled with the Spirit. So I don't know what these really mean, though, because I've never spoken to people with psalms and hymns. And, but, but it's the idea that we're doing things to lift each other up. We're doing things to encourage each other. Okay, And so let's just hang on to these, this, this, this be filled part. If you go back to 18, be filled is this imperative. It's a, it's a command. Evidently, it's something that we can participate in. Evidently, you actually have a part to play. God actually has a part to play. It's a command. But it's said in Greek, it's said in the passive voice, meaning it's, it's something you allow to have happen in your life. You allow, you, you open the gate, you open the door for the Spirit to fill you. Okay, And so the command for us is to allow ourselves to be filled with the Spirit. It's a posture change. Okay, it, it, In fact, this idea is only one other place in the New Testament grammatically. It's only one other place. A command that's passive is only one other place in the New Testament. So we have a part. God has a part. But here's the great part about this. It's also in the present tense, which means it's a passive, but also present means, means you allow this to happen continually, like right now in your life. This is something that's a continuous action in your life, something that's ongoing. It's like breathing. And the other part of it, it's plural. See, most of the yous in the New Testament are, is really we's. And a lot of times we read it with an individual mentality. We read it like, oh, you means me, but it's actually a we. So when Paul says, you do not get drunk with wine, you see, they had an issue in the Corinthian church, actually. Um, oh, sorry, we're in Ephesus. In the Ephesian church that they would actually take communion with wine, but occasionally they would keep taking communion that, that idea? Um, so, man, this church is awesome. Um, but, but he was just saying, like, no, 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 let's not do that. It's a command that let's do communion right. But then he says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Something we allow to have happen. It's an ongoing thing, and we do it together. We do it in community. So why does this matter? Well, it matters a lot because what Paul's talking about is not filled to capacity, meaning I think I had this idea growing up when I was learning about, when I was reading the scripture and stuff like that. So would you say this glass is full? Not totally, right? Right. So there's room for more water in this glass. But I mean, if I felt like, you know, growing up, it would be like, well, if, you know, if I did something bad, I kind of like kind of poured some spirit out. Oh, I know. What are we going to do? Our rent's going to go up, right? So, so if I poured some water out, like, oh, now I need to get more spirit in me. It's just this idea, like, filled to capacity was the idea I had with being filled with the spirit. Like, there was, there was a capacity in my life to how much the spirit could be in my life, right? Does that make sense, that idea of filled to capacity? So, so that's what I thought, but that's not what this is saying, Basically, if you were to translate this with, like, the full language we could give it, it's, it's filled with the fullness of the Spirit. Filled with the fullness. So he's writing to those all, who already have the Spirit, and he's telling them to be filled with the Spirit. Filled to the fullness. He also talks about the Father and Son this way. Listen to this. In Ephesians chapter 1, he says... And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness, okay, here's that word again, of him who fills, every, it fills everything in every way. So there's this play, this word play with filled and fullness that Paul uses with this church. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, he talks about these glorious riches that that he wants to strengthen them with the Spirit and that they could have power and, and all these, the, these beautiful things, this imagery about how God's holy people to grasp how wide and high and deep is the love of Christ. And then in verse 19 it says, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled 
okay? To the measure of all the fullness of God. This idea of being filled with the fullness. So do they, do they let, me, let me ask you this, okay? Hopefully you're awake. Do they already have God? Yes. Do they already have Jesus? Do they already have the Spirit? And we have three different references of being filled to the fullness. And so, so it's not filled to capacity or topped off. There's actually this idea of thinking God, uh, thinking about our souls and God, and, and that we're static containers that God fills up. And then if we screw up, we have to get more. And that's the, the, the picture sometimes that comes in our head. But that's not what Paul means. We already have the Spirit. If Jesus is a part of your life, you already have the Spirit. And we're called to be filled to the fullness of the Spirit. And so we need to grow into what that means. And so I have an analogy, and I don't, I'm a little, a little visual aid. I've got this air compressor hooked up, and I got this balloon. And so we could start, it might be loud. <laughs> Jen. Jen jumped, everybody. So, so, um, Got this balloon. It's pretty full. It's pretty full, right? Is it filled to capacity? No. I mean, it can take more, right? I Man, I don't know how much more, but it it seems to get bigger, right? I mean, it's it's one of those ideas that that in your life, as you grow, as you become more and more walking with Jesus, that Paul's saying, continue to be filled. Continue to allow more of the Spirit into your life. To continue to open up your life more. And don't freak out. It's supposed to get huge. I don't know how far. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Who wants to come up here and keep blowing it up while I talk? I'm just kidding. No, so, so this idea that this can just continue to grow and grow and grow, and this is like our capacity. As God created us as human beings to have this relationship with him, that that doesn't stop, that doesn't cap off somewhere. And you may know people that you've seen them, they've, they've walked their journey of faith for years and years and years, and the things they've gone through and the things they've suffered and the things they've, they've uh, stepped out in faith on, and you're like, man, they are so full of God. Well, it's not because they went to a class. It's not because they, they jumped through some religious hoops. It's because they walked in their life in a position and a posture that allowed the Spirit of God to come into their life more and more and more. That God became, that the Spirit became available to them in, in not just the big things, but the little things too. That there's this continuous action in their life of the Holy Spirit of a posture. So take marriage, for instance. Becoming one flesh. I mean, in, in, in Jan in, uh, hey, January, what am I talking about? In August, we celebrate our 20th anniversary, Angela and I. And so when I got married to Angela on August 17th, 1996, um, I, got, I got married to all of Angela, right? Like there wasn't more, um, there wasn't this is a bad analogy, but we're just going to keep going. There, I mean, there was, there's more to discover about Angela, but I had all of Angela as my wife that day. Does that make sense? And so a year later, if I was to go a year later at our one-year anniversary, if I was to tell you, hey, we've reached the pinnacle of our relationship, what would you tell me? Thank you. You would, man, you're a romantic. Um, but you would say, you're an idiot. If you think you've reached the top of your marriage relationship after one year, you're, you're nuts. And if I was to barge in, well, it's, it's, it's the best it gets, babe. We grow. We grow in our capacity of love for each other. I know more about Angela than I learned in the last month, you know, than you know, I didn't know 10 years ago. And we grow and we grow and there's just some beauty in that. Is it hard? Yes. Does it stretch us? Absolutely. So there's this idea in, in church circles that, um, oh, I need, I need a new experience or I need to, I need to uh, you know, do this Bible study or I need to um, maybe like switch things up in my life with where I'm going to church or maybe I need to give more or maybe I need to do a mission strip. All that stuff's great. It's great. 
But that's not what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about continuing to be filled with the Spirit, continuing to allow the Spirit to blow into your life. It's an imperative. It's a command. Be filled. It's a command to surrender. It's a command to open your arms. It's a a command to open your eyes. It's a a command to allow the Spirit to fill you. And so the, the big question in all of our heads and our hearts right now is, how do you do that? How do you do that? And I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, how does that happen? Because I personally would go, well, I don't know. I signed up for a missions trip. No? We just talked about that. What does this look like? Now, let me just say this. There's three kind of postures that I want to talk about really briefly. And, and these are not steps. Please don't hear them as steps. Um, I'm not a steps guy. I'm not an acronym guy. This is just three postures that I think are really, really important for us. And I think that a lot of times we approach this whole spiritual thing as like Ikea. Like you buy a piece of furniture, Ikea, and you're putting it together and there's a step for it. And you just want that. You want that to transfer over into your walk with the Lord and, and just how you're experiencing Jesus. And, and so you want that to transfer over and you, you think, well, if I just... Uh, plugged in this part to this part, then it would work. But that's not how it works. It's more like cultivating a plant. It's more like growing a tree. It's, it's this time and, and energy. And so the first kind of posture I want to talk about is cultivating expectancy. We have to cultivate expectancy. You know what I mean by that? Here's what I mean. I mean that all, the, all that means is that we are taking God at his word. Take God at his word. And God promises things for us. Um, um, That's what this is all about, believing that God is true. And this is the hardest thing to do. So for uh, a long time in our lives, what we do is we go through these bouts in our life spiritually where we we just don't feel like God is close. We don't feel the way we felt when we first believed. There's a dryness, and we ask where the power is and where the the closeness is. But ultimately what Scripture talks about is this long road, this long journey of faith, this long journey of expectancy, this long journey of waiting. And this is the way a posture in our lives is really important. It's one of the hardest things we can do. Second thing I think is important for us as a posture is to create space in our life. Create space in our life for God to move. Create space in our lives. You know, here's the thing. I, I believe God is the greatest respecter of human dignity. Meaning that, that if you don't want God involved, he's not going to force it. And so what we're very good at doing especially as suburban Americans, is to compartmentalize our lives to the degree that God is really not involved in much. He's involved in a few difficult situations maybe, but that's about it. God will leave you alone to live your life and to come up empty on some of the deepest things in your life. This idea of drawing near, he says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. This idea of creating space. Ephesians, actually, Paul uses the word grieving the Holy Spirit, which I always thought was an interesting choice of words. Because, I mean, if, if, if you know, I mean, maybe the writers thought about some different ways to do it, how, uh, offending the Holy Spirit, angering the Holy Spirit, getting, getting the wrath of the Holy Spirit. No, grieving the Holy Spirit. Like, saddening the Spirit of God. That that is something that happens in our lives. And then parents, you know what this is like. When you're uh, just blown away and deeply sad about something your child has done, and yeah, there's anger and there's punishment and all that kind of stuff going on in there. But, but really, at the end of the day, when you're lying in bed and laying and you know looking at the ceiling, you're just you're just torn up. You're just grieving. That's the idea that Paul uses. 
How do we create space for God in our lives? How do we create space for the Spirit in our lives? We ask. We ask. It's a posture. Paul's saying is a command, be filled. But what he's saying is create this, create this opening, this valve opening in your life. And maybe it's, maybe it's for you. Maybe it's just a, a conscious thing that, that you can um, it just invite the Spirit into a conversation you're about to have. Or as you're about to get out of your car and walk into that difficult work environment. And you don't know what's going to happen. And you can invite the Spirit in more so that you can trust in what God's promises are. And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's for you seniors as you're thinking about this next step in your life. And you don't have it all figured out, but you know that there's going to have to be a step taken. That's part of the Spirit. The Spirit's journey in our life. We believe in the conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit in this church. We believe that that's the way you grow. And you might be going, well, where are all the Bible studies around here? And why can't we have this and that? And Well, that's because we believe in the conscious dependence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Those things are great. They're, they're great. It's great to be around people, and I would encourage you to do that. But that's not going to change your life. What's going to change your life is you allowing the Holy Spirit to do more in your life than you allowed the Holy Spirit to do last year. And so when we ask, we ask the Spirit to reorienting our lives. God, God gives us good gifts. When Jesus tells this story about how, how God gives good gifts to his, his children, it's not like a, a, a dad who's the kid wants something to eat and the dad gives him a snake. You know, Jesus gives this analogy of how God wants to give you good stuff. And more of his Spirit is part of that promise. And so it's really a, a dependence on this, the flesh, you, or the spirit. It's a dependence on, on you and your capabilities, or it's a dependence on him. And figuring out how to do that, it's not a three-step process. And just like falling in love is not a three-step process. If someone says, man, I really want to fall in love, I'm like, here's what you do. Uh, you know, you put some deodorant on, fellas. Uh, it's not a three-step process to fall in love. You just don't, you don't know how you can explain it. You, you talk to people about how they met, and it's just like, that's crazy. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. So this relational posture of the heart, and then the final one is this, living a life of obedience. Living a life of obedience. It's Something happening in our lives when we decide to take control, when, when our will outwills God's will. God will always let our will outwill his. So, if we're dealing with greed or lust or anger issues or things like that, and, and then we kind of wonder, where's, where's God in my life? What, what's happened is, is we've chosen a journey where we've, we've not allowed God to speak into any of those things. And then we show up and we're, we're empty. Scripture clearly says that your will will always override the Spirit's will. There's a posture of surrender in our lives. And that's difficult. And that it's not about feeling. And so this idea, back to the cool metaphor, is that we have capacity to love in our lives and, and be used. We have capacity to worship. We have capacity for obedience. And all those things grow, okay? We don't grow those things. We don't say, man, I, I'm just going to. I'm just going to serve until I, fall off, you know, until I fall down dead. No, it's just this idea that the Spirit enables us to love people who are very difficult to love. Okay? The Spirit enables us to worship uh, bigger and more the next year, the next day, the next week than we did before. This idea that the Spirit in our lives, if we allow the Spirit to speak into us, will change everything. I think I'm running out of air compressor. So that was a bad analogy. But see what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry for anybody on the podcast that's going to listen to that. So it's not about feeling. 
Scripture does not make feelings the point. Scripture does not make your feelings the point. Scripture makes the point of all of this fruit in your life. The whole point of this is fruit in your life. And if we allow the Spirit in our lives, there's more fruit, there's more love, there's more service, there's more joy for other people. There's, there's more of us to give away because the Spirit is filling us to capacity, filled with a fullness. So my encouragement for us is that we would reorient our lives. So this morning, I just thought, I thought we would take a couple minutes and just spend some time praying in this way. In, in, in a way that is just open and honest and sincere in our own lives. Um, and so um, would you just kind of bow your heads with me and, and I'll just kind of lead us through a, a little bit of this this morning. God, we, we, we hear and we believe that your word is true and your word tells us and gives us the command of being filled that we would open up our lives even more to your spirit. And it's something that we consciously do. It's something that we actively participate in. It's something we do as a community with each other. And it's, it's something that it's not about being filled to capacity, God, but it's about being filled to the fullness. And there's something that you want to do in, in, in our souls that fuel us to do the work that you've called us to do. And so this morning, I just want to open this up for, for us to, to even just confess sin in our hearts and in our lives. Things that we're continually, continually participating in, whether thought, word, or deed, that are grieving you. That are making you sad, not because they're just bad things, but because you want something better for us. But there's more joy and there's more purpose and there's more life that we can experience. There's a fullness of life that we are shortchanging because of the sin in our life. So God, we just spend a few moments confessing that. And God, now we pray for expectancy in our hearts and in our lives that, that, that if your promises are true, like scripture says, then we can expect you to move in us in ways that are unexplainable. You move in our church, in our community in ways that are unexplainable. And God, for some of us today, we just confess that we need to believe your promises again. We need to trust in your word again. Because it's been really difficult to face these times in our lives. And all the tragedy and heartbreak and trauma, it's hard to reconcile it all. And so God, this morning, we want to believe your promises again. So God, fill us this morning even more.